Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey everyone, Travis Irvine here, hanging out with Fernando. Hello, Travis. Hello, Fernando. And today we have a very special guest, Fernando. We bring him back every single year. We're very excited to be joined by the one, the only, the liberal redneck himself, Trey Crowder. Everybody is joining us. He has a new book to talk about, Fernando. We like books sometimes. I love books. Yeah, this one's very, very special. Obviously, Trey and his friends Drew Morgan and Corey Ryan Forster wrote the Liberal Redneck Manifesto back in 2016. That was indeed a bestseller. And this book, I am told, already had a number one slot in Hillbilly Travel Culture. Ooh, that's a I big, know. That's a big it's slot. A, it's a big <laughs> slot. Very niche, very big niche slot. Around uh, here and over yonder, a front porch travel guide by two progressive hillbillies. Yes, that's a thing. And that is Trey and Corey uh, writing about their travels, not just around around America, but also abroad. So it should be a very, very fun conversation. And uh, Fernando, what do you think? Would you want to jump right in it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk right after. All right, everyone. Here is our conversation with Trey Crowder. All right. Now we are joined by the one and only Trey Crowder, comedian extraordinaire, author of the new hit book, Round Here and Over Yonder. It is indeed a Front Porch Travel Guide by Two Progressive Hillbillies. And then in parentheses, yes, that's a thing. Everyone, we are joined by <laughs> the great Trey Crowder for his annual appearance here on Top Hat. Trey, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be back, buddy. I did, yeah, long time no see. That's not true. <laughs> Me and you are on the road together right now. That's right. For anyone in, of course, my home state of Ohio, Trey and I are uh, cascading, I believe. Is that the correct term? We're just going all over the state. We did Toledo. We're doing Dayton. And then if uh, depending on when this episode comes out, you can catch us in Cincinnati, Columbus or Cleveland. It's a little weird that we're doing this like remotely, despite the fact that you and I are in the same hotel right now. You're like <laughs> you're like across the hall from me. But. <laughs> We're on uh, Zoom, you know, right. like I'm in L.A. and you're in New York or something. Right. Well, it's for COVID precautions, you know. I know <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were in the van together for two hours, but now we got to play right. it safe. So, um, well, tell us, I first of all, I want to hear about this book. I am told it reached number one on some type of hillbilly travel chart on Amazon <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, and, of course, you co-wrote it with uh, Corey Ryan Forrester, who we had on the show last yeah. year. Check it out, that episode. George on my mind, of course, he filled us in and all the crazy happenings with his crazy congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene. But um, what was the the impetus for this book? What got it all started? Um, I know you guys had to go to England for an extended time. You talk about a lot mm-hmm. about England in your stand-up uh, recently and how it relates to redneck and hillbilly culture. So how did this all begin? Yeah, well, I mean, the truth is, so this is the second book 
that I've written with Corey. The first one was written with our other buddy, Drew Morgan, too. And like the way that book came about in 2016, which that book's much more political, but like I had gone crazy viral on the internet and started getting all these opportunities, including the opportunity to write a book. And like I'd always assumed I would write a book one day because I'm pretentious and up my own ass, you know, but I figured, <laughs> but I figured that the book would be the last thing I did, you know, right. like looking back Opus. on my great works. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it turned out to be like the very first thing I did, which I didn't expect. But anyway, <laughs> I said all that because like this time around with this book, uh, I don't know if, you know if you remember Travis, but in 2020 during the pandemic, like how the pandemic, uh, Corey went viral. Right. Yes. So apparently part of going viral is you get a book after that if you want one, <laughs> I guess. Because right. like it's that's been my experience. That's what happened to me. And then Corey went viral this time and a publisher, you know, calls him, Hey, you got any book ideas or whatever? And then uh <laughs> they found out that me and Corey, they found out that me and Corey, you know, work together, frequent collaborators, tour together and stuff. And they knew who I was and they, and they were like, you know, would he want to be part of this too and like i said it's the height of the pandemic so i was like hell yeah i'll take a job you know i haven't had one <laughs> right. in, haven't had one in months uh and so that's how the opportunity came about as far as the subject matter it's very much just a write what you know thing because me and Corey toured together for years you know as comics mm-hmm. got kind of a unique perspective on the rest of the country as you know uh hillbillies but you know not the bad kind and <laughs> Uh, so that's pretty much just what the book is. I mean, it's like it says, you know, it's a front porch travel guide from two progressive hillbillies. And also, and we've said this publicly before, it'll get back to him at some point. The England part was like, we had decided on, we were going to do a travel book and me and Corey were like, Hey, we should see if we could get them to pay for us to go to England <laughs> and, say, you know, <laughs> and say, and say, you know, make that part of the book, you know, right. England and Scotland, because we and Corey both Anglophiles and always wanted to go. And we were like, they're never going to go for that. But, you know, no harm, no foul, shoot your shot. Right. So we right. pitched it. And they're like, they're like, yeah, sure. That's fine. <laughs> and uh, we we're like, holy shit. So, yeah, uh, we went to England and Scotland for three weeks. And that is the third uh, section of the book. Now, the first two, the first one's the South. The second section is the rest of America broken up into, you know, regions. And the third section is England and Scotland. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's a great history of everything. Cause absolutely 2016 is kind of when everything kicked off for you. And then Corey and Drew, I remember Redneck Manifesto. I remember you guys promoting that in DC. I came yeah. and visited you guys at a bookstore. I still have that picture of very clean shaven Corey, little baby face Corey. Um, yeah. You did our podcast then, didn't you? We went back to our hotel room in DC and you uh you did the well read podcast, I believe. That's right. Yeah. No, yeah. It was, and that was kind of the beginning of everything. You're absolutely right. And Fernando and anyone else listening, take notes, go viral and they will pay for you to go somewhere and write a book. That is a <laughs> great that is a great lesson from all of this. Um so obviously Corey, you know, he's from Georgia, you're from Tennessee. Um where do you start in the South? I mean, obviously, there's very different regions. Like, Florida's different South from, like, Louisiana South, which is different yeah. from Tennessee yeah. South. And, of course, you mentioned yes. Drew Morgan. Drew Morgan, we had him on the show earlier this year uh, promoting uh, his comedy special. He also has uh, another sm- shorter one called Tennessee's a Drag. So, you know, how do you as a Tennessee guy, and obviously we can talk some Tennessee politics as well here later on, but as a, as a man from Tennessee, joined with a man from Georgia, how do you even begin to explain the South in general? 
Uh, you know, bit bit by bit, piece by piece. It's like you said, the places. So the book is divided up into like, it's kind of like a collection of essays, which are geographically based, you know, like it, uh, most of it is cities, although some of them, you know, it's broken up into state. Like there's a sec, there's a little, a little essay in there about, you know, Florida. Is it the South? Like, it's like you said, <laughs> right. like, you know, it's a debatable. So there's a whole, a whole little section just on that subject. And then we divide it up by city. So there's like a Nashville chapter and there's a, uh, a New Orleans chapter and uh, and then more obscure places like Helen, Georgia. Do you know about Helen, Georgia? It's uh, it's like a Bavarian village in the Appalachian mm. part of Georgia. I've never been. Corey wrote that chapter. He's a Georgia boy. He went there. But it's like like Lederhosen, Oktoberfest, sausage <laughs> shit. But... Yeah in the like in a hillbilly part of the world so you know stuff like that charleston which is you know beautiful and kind of old southy like you know i guess the thing with charleston is like it's a lovely city but it also still feels kind of slavery yes. you know, which, yes. which is weird uh so you know yeah we just kind of broke it up like that and then for the rest of the United States, obviously you got your New Englands, you got your West Coast, you got your mountain states. Midwest, I feel, just being from here, you know, I can drive around Ohio enough where I will eventually see a Confederate flag. Even though Ohio was in the Union and we were yeah. very big on freeing the <laughs> slaves and right. we voted for Abe Lincoln twice in the presidential election. So um, how do you categorize the rest of the United States and how does that fit in exactly with, you know, Where's the best place to really travel around here? Yeah, there, there's uh, parts of the Midwest. You know, like Chicago's got a chapter. Indianapolis has a chapter, right? And we'll talk about the Midwest in there and, like, about how there are some similarities between the Midwest and the South and whatnot, both being, like, flyover country and whatnot. People are polite. You know, they love ranch dressing. They're fat, things like that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then... But we try to like find uh, uh, the, the upside or the positive, you know, aspect of these other pl like some of the places in the book are like places everybody like, you know, where you want to travel to New York or L.A. or whatever, Boston. But like, you know, places like Indy, you know, maybe not necessarily, but we try to <laughs> but we try to like, you know, uh, shine a light on what's cool about those places, too. So, yeah, it's split up geographically. There's a Pacific Northwest section. We talk about Seattle, Portland. Then I wrote, I like, I wrote the L.A. chapter. It's probably the longest chapter in the book. And I <laughs> ended up treating it like a fucking therapy session, pretty much. You know, I realized like halfway Venting. through, right. halfway, yeah, halfway through writing it, I was like, oh, man, I need to get back <laughs> in therapy. This is like, uh, this is too cathartic, this L.A. chapter. So that, that chapter might read kind of weird to people. I'm not sure. It's like, this feels oddly personal more than the rest of the book, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you know. And then, and then there's little, like, uh, like little, you know, asides in there about various things, like about, like, the portion sizes in England or, like, you know, they got old shit. We don't have any old shit in America. Right, because I, I don't know if you know this, but I had this revelation while over there, and I wrote about this for the book. Like, you know, you go to England, you go anywhere in Europe, you're going to see all these old ass buildings, and they're so pretty and all that stuff. And you're jealous as an American because we're in, in in your head, you're like, we're a young country, you know, we don't have old shit because right, 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 we're not right. an old country. But you get over there and you go to like Edinburgh and Scotland, you go on like architectural tours and all these beautiful, incredible buildings 
they'll say like this was built in 1872 or 1848 or whatever like that time <laughs> like the victorian era or whatever and about the third or fourth time they said one of those dates i realized i was like wait a minute we were around in fucking 1872 you know what i mean like america existed then why why don't we have these buildings you know what i mean like, <laughs> well, like why is everything just like you know boxy and square and whatnot and uh you know it made me retroactively pissed off at us architecturally because i was like what are we doing we could have had big gothic cathedral type shit if we wanted to <laughs> right we're just too busy fighting a war against each other i guess to worry about you know gargoyles <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> gargoyles bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 investments like acquiring america's largest biogas producer archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That brings me to my question. What was your opinion on like the Southwest? You know, because it's the South, but it's a different. I'm from the Southwest, but it's a different South than the South you're from. So how do you, Mm -hmm. you know, same thing, same question. What was your opinion kind of on that? What do you tell people from the South when they're traveling to my South? You know, Uh, I mean, you know, so I, I haven't spent, I've been to New Mexico, but I haven't spent much time there. I've been to Phoenix. I've been to Arizona a, a fair number of times. And like mm-hmm. Arizona is kind of like, you know, stereotypically Arizona is sort of like the Florida of the West. Old I guess yeah, I thought right. that, but I never said yeah. that, but you're right. You're yeah, so yeah. right. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's wild. There's definitely a, a white trash a contingent out there. It's like, a pretty red state usually uh you know or had been for a long time and has some of those sensibilities but also like phoenix was shocking to me i i I bet most people who go to phoenix have the same like first impression which is like when i first went to phoenix and got there like flying in and getting there stepping out whatever my main thought was like how why like what like (laughs) why like how did this happen why is this here you know right here in this heat right yeah right yeah (laughs) like this like desert hellscape where the sun is like right here behind your fucking head (laughs) the whole time uh but it's this like beautiful metropolitan city that's i think is awesome i love phoenix Mm -hmm. it's super fun they got a great it's a, it's beautiful, very clean, a lot of rad shit. They got a lot of, you know, nice places, good food, bar situation. And also, like, I was surprised to, to note that Phoenix is, like, uh, just filled with gorgeous people, I've oh, uh, dude. I found. Oh, dude, like, like I, And I didn't know that about Phoenix when I got there. And it's like, it's like little L.A. or something in that regard. You know, in L.A., everybody's like fucking, you know, heroin addicts have six-pack abs and shit. Like, I mean, <laughs> right, they're wearing Gucci, of, yeah. Climbing out of dumpsters, looking better yeah. than you've ever looked a day in your life, you know. Like exactly, that, exactly. Like, that's just how L.A. is. Well, Phoenix is like that, but on a smaller scale. Like, everybody there is all good-looking and shit. Something about the, I don't know if it's the sun that does that, you know, it just attracts beautiful people or what? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, but every time I'm in Phoenix, there's always people telling me like how wild Arizona is, you know, like outside of like the city, 
you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like out yeah. in the, the hinterlands. Right. Well, the, the, the people of the Midwest with our ranch dressing should probably take some notes from the heroin addicts and uh, yeah. be- beautiful people of Phoenix. A salad yes. is more than just buckets of ranch dressing. I keep trying to explain <laughs> that to people. Dude, I uh, I got to know these uh, all these improv comedy people in L.A. because they're all because they're all like we all live in like the valley and all have kids and all this shit. So we're like, like all the suburban people in the comedy world. So like I'm the only stand up really. Cause you know, sketch improv people are generally more stable than standups. You know what I mean? Like stand, <laughs> yes. standups are more, standups yes. are more like vagabondy and shit. So anyway, right. but all these people that I'm talking about, they're all, uh, they're all like, you know, uh, UCB people and shit like that. And, uh, but they're all from the Midwest, this group that I'm talking about. And I would go, go over to their, uh, they'd have, you know, get togethers for the Super Bowl or Thanksgiving or whatever. We go over there. And like, uh, I remember the first time I went over there, they pointed at this bowl and they were like, did you have any salad? And I looked and I was like, I don't see the salad. And they were like, right. And they were like, right there. And I was like, oh, that's not just a gigantic bowl of shredded cheese. And like, <laughs> and like under, it was just like, it looked just like a bowl of cheese and bacon bits, but somewhere underneath that was buried uh, some remnants of lettuce, right? Yes. And there's like a big bottle of like Hidden Valley Ranch beside it or whatnot. And I was like, I, you know, God bless the Midwest. Hey, yes. I was going to say nothing more Midwest than that, honestly. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One piece of lettuce, a bucket of cheese, and a bucket of ranch. Yeah. That's a salad, but you're going to look great. A little bit of no sugar time. for the sweetness. You know? Oh, jeez, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd love to get to England because I am also a huge Anglophile. Um, I studied abroad there in college. A couple of broads. Hello. Come on. And hey. um, really got into the footy, uh, which we call soccer here. I was always loved that growing up. Um, so I am a huge uh, England nerd, but I've only ever gone to London. I've never gone to the countrysides and seen all the, like yeah. you were saying, the old stuff. So um, where does the, your journey begin in the, in the three weeks you were there? Um, and just uh, how, how'd you start and where'd you go? Well, we started in London. We went to London for four days. We left on the fifth day, I think. Uh so we started in London, which I thought was great. Love it. London's amazing city. Obviously, it's got like one thing I didn't realize is all that classic London shit, like all the shit you think of when you think of London, like the Ferris wheel, you know, the eye and like mm-hmm. Big Ben, Parliament, right. Ferris wheel, all that. The the bridge with the two towers on it, which is not London Bridge. I found out, you know, right. I didn't know that. But anyway, all that shit is like right there together within like a mile or two mile radius in central London, whatnot. It's mm-hmm. all along the, the Thames down there. So like you go to London, go down there and get like on a boat on the Thames and just knock all that shit out in like 90 minutes or something, you know, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then just spend the rest of the time getting drunk and eating Indian food or whatever, which is pretty much what we did. We also <laughs> did uh, we did some stand up shows over there, which I was really sweating at first because I was like, like, I literally had a show. I literally had a person after our show last night, Travis, tell me that she could not understand me when i was talking right right right, uh, right, right. we need we need uh, uh we subtitles <laughs> yeah and like uh that happens to be over here right like right she, like right. last night the it was she, her boyfriend was a big fan of mine and she was there with him and she told me you know not in like a shitty way but she was like he was having a great time i couldn't understand a word you were saying you know <laughs> and that happens to me periodically in america so right. before before doing stand up in london I, in my head i was like dude they're like they literally are not going to know what i am saying like there's right. no way there's no way i can do well 
because like I might as well be speaking a different language to these people. Like they're not going to be able to understand me when I talk. I was convinced of it. And I asked our, uh, we went on a pub crawl and had like a guide, a, a Londoner, his name was Tom. And I asked Tom, I was like, you know, and he, I asked him, you think they understand me? And I also said, I was like, it, for my material, it's kind of important that the audience knows that this accent sounds stupid, right? Like stereotypically, <laughs> you know, I was yes. like, right, right, right. I yeah. was like, I was like, that's a big thing for me. I was like, so do you think like the audience in London, do you think they'll know that this accent sounds dumb? And he just kind of looked at me like very blankly. And he was like, I wouldn't worry about it, Mike. So, <laughs> he's, he's like, like Americans, think, not an issue. He's like, I think, uh, I think most people will get that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and then I, and then, you know, I went and it was, it went, it went well for me and Corey both. It was fun. And then, so after that, then we went to the English countryside for a few days, which that was funny to me because like, like country shit in the u.s is very very different than like country shit in england you know what yes. i mean mm -hmm. yes like that's country queen's country out there yeah, yeah right exactly yeah it's like out there country the country is like lovely and it's fancy the shire and bourgeois. You know, yeah. it's the shire yeah exactly yeah, over here the country's over here the country's fucking jacked up trucks and meth and shit you know like <laughs> right. like what i'm used to so a very different thing uh the country in england and it was beautiful like we stayed at this like little this little inn in the middle of the cotswolds the cotswolds that's part yes. of the english countryside right we stayed out in the cotswolds at this little inn there's like you know I, I put in the book like the fucking the front desk clerk was like a great dane in a sherlock cap with a pipe in his mouth you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, not like not literally but it felt right, like right, that right. yeah it, it like it just felt like that kind of place and then we went to bath which is crazy because yes. that is like that place is yeah old. every it looks like it looks like the whole place looks like like a Jane Austen novel or something like you know <laughs> like a Victorian era romance or whatever I mean it's gorgeous they got like Roman baths there all the buildings are just old as shit and look like it took a trip from there to Stonehenge of course from Bath and then came back then we went to Manchester and went to this old timey village they have that's like it's like a living museum you know so it's like uh it's like you ever seen peaky blinders yeah right right, right. You know, yeah. peaky blinders uh they it's like that actually it's in birmingham birmingham not manchester we went to birmingham first they actually shoot peaky blinders there sometimes but it's like you know it's like made up like there's actors there dressed all old time yeah, turning butter and doing, yeah, 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 that, yeah that type of shit yeah. like yeah, yeah. And then uh, went to Manchester and then Liverpool. The Liverpool part was wild because the night before we went to Liverpool, it was the, uh, and I may get this wrong, but it was the Champions League final, I think. Like, yes. so it's soccer, you, right? Like, yes, not the, you, not the Premier not the Premier League. The Champions was, League, yes. The Champions League final and Liverpool played Real Madrid, I think. Yes. And, and, mm -hmm. they, and, and they got beat. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> Liverpool got beat and me and Corey watched this game and we were going to Liverpool the next day and we were like, oh, man, this is going to be a wild atmosphere. Everybody's going to be all bummed out and shit. They just lost in the equivalent of the Super Bowl or whatever is, you know, what I thought from my American perspective. And we get off the train in Liverpool and they're having like a huge party slash parade to celebrate. Like they're all decked out in red and hammered drunk at 1 p.m. or whatever, like singing songs and shit, waving <laughs> banners and all this stuff. Because, <laughs> And I was like, they lost. I don't understand. But apparently 
they did lose the, the final, but they had won like two other trophies that year yes. or something yes. because of how soccer works, which I still don't understand, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah. but it was like, to me, it's like, it felt like, you know, if Cincinnati had thrown a parade after they lost to the Rams a couple years ago or whatever, you know what I mean? Right, like right, that would have right. been, that would have been weird, but they were fucking, they were loving it. It was absolute insanity while we were there. And then, uh, and then after Liverpool, we went, then we went to Scotland for the second half of the trip, we went to Edinburgh, Glasgow, and uh, Inverness, which is up in the Scottish Highlands. That's where Loch Ness is. Mm. Um, fucking beautiful. It also, like, it kind of looks like Appalachia up there. The Scottish Highlands look a lot like mm. East, East Tennessee and Western North Carolina. Like, I fell asleep on the train on the way to the Highlands, and I woke up, and we were, like, getting into the Highlands, and it, like, it could have been East Tennessee. Like, I couldn't really tell a difference, like, in terms of, like, the way the, the surroundings looked, you know. Uh and then I love the, the Scottish people. They're a lot of fun. They, they like, they would get excited when they, you know, hear our accents or whatever. They get pumped up. Right. Like we're like, right. you know, this is one chick we were eating at a table at a bar once. And this fire haired Scottish lassie is like walking by and she hears us and she just freaks out of me. And she's like, are you fucking yanks? Are you? You know, we were like, <laughs> and we were like, you know, we're like, well, uh, we are Americans, but we're from the South, so Yank is not really the preferred yet nomenclature. She's like, ah, you're fucking Yank. So we're like, yeah, yeah, we're Yank. <laughs> and then she's like, she's like, hey, check this out. Hey, you like this here? This out. Check this out. Giddy up, motherfucker. I'll <laughs> suit just like you. You know, she's like, all like cowboy shit. She like drug us over to her table with all her friends and just made us talk for a while and stuff. Right. And, you know, Edinburgh is all classy and nice. And then Glasgow is like more, you know, uh, stabby, which is fun. Oh, like, okay. uh, fun. Know, we got we got to Glasgow, and like the first thing we saw was this uh, these two uh, other lassie Glaswegian Glaswegian uh, girls uh, trying to pull each other's hair out in the street, while the dude that was with them and I don't know if the fight was over the dude or what, but he just like stood there holding a, a drink, like watching them. He was fight so each proud other. of his work, basically. <laughs> yeah, right. He just, just watched them and he looked up and like saw uh, the tourists or whatever, and he just yells out, "Welcome to Glasgow!" <laughs> so man, it was oh, all, all pretty good. But yeah, it's a fun, very fun trip all around. They don't like their can. Their chocolate is incredible. I don't know if you're aware, but American chocolate fucking sucks. Which apparently, I heard. yes, it tastes like vomit. Yeah. I'd heard before I'd heard Europeans bitching about American chocolate and I'm like, well, what don't they bitch about when it comes to America? You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like that, they, sure. they love to bitch about America, you know, on the internet. So I didn't really buy it, but then I went over there and we tried their chocolate and then and then we just went on a rampage just buying every kind of candy bar and everything they had because it is genuinely so much better. Uh hmm. but but I found that overall the English reputation food wise is not entirely unearned, meaning that like it's I thought it was pretty hit or miss. Like some of it was fucking great, but some of it was also like, what the hell is this shit? You know, mm, like right. bangers and mash you know, or whatever. Right? Mushy yeah, peas. Like, mushy peas and mushy like, peas, not a big fan. Yeah. But their portion sizes are, you know, actual they're like four humans as opposed to in America where our portion yes. sizes are for livestock. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. uh, so that's better. But on the flip side, they have this thing called the weight and measures act, which dictates how much liquor they could put in a cocktail or whatever. So like their cocktails are fucking terrible. Like they're mm. the pints or whatever are fine, but like 
it, like if you get a martini, I swear to God, it, it it'll be like eighty percent vermouth or something. It it's wow. fucking it's it's garbage. Their cocktails are horrific. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, otherwise it's a, I've been rambling for a long time about it. But it was uh, it was a fun trip. <laughs> no, it's I mean I have so many uh, follow ups. I think uh, I got three follow ups, Fernando, and then I want you to to jump in with all of yours. Um, the first one goes back to the London and doing stand-up comedy there because that that was something i finally worked up the courage to do um when i would go back to visit london in the years after um i was studying there and that was doing stand-up comedy and it is like it's different um beats like it's almost a different cadence that you have to get used to and i found i'm sure you probably found because you're a political comedian i felt more comfortable doing political comedy in england than i ever have in america until like i started doing shows with you basically but i remember being in new york and like i'm getting political and people are like yeah whatever and they go to england and i'm doing you know iraq war material stuff and they're like this is fucking great and they're you know that's what they want americans to talk about they want us to talk about not just making fun of our own country but the fact that you know we go around the world and fight a bunch of wars yeah i, I mean i'll be honest so we got there with i had a. Uh... You know, we didn't like book. We didn't do any tour dates or anything over there because we're, you know, pretty much entirely uh, domestic in terms of like our fan base and whatnot. You know, we've done some shows in Canada, but like, you know, I, maybe I might could sell, I don't even know, 25 tickets or something in, at a show in England. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like there's not I don't have enough of a following in England to justify trying to, you know, book tour dates over there. So but we wanted to make sure we tried stand up in England like you know, in London, just to say that we had done it. So I uh, texted my buddy, Matt Kirshen. Do you know Neil Kirshen? Absolutely, yeah. Kirshen, no yeah. way. Yeah, he's a British dude. He's a fucking sweetheart, too. Prince of a guy. Great comic and writer. Lovely fella. And uh, I texted him, and he hooked me up with this, uh, us up with this club over there that put us up. And so we did, it was a Saturday, and it was like, you know, like an L.A. club. They had multiple shows that Saturday. We went over there and did like three shows or whatever just hung out all night and but it was just that one play and at that one uh club and whatnot so i didn't do like a lot i just did i guess like three sets and most of what i did was like uh i was i had this bit in my act at the time kind of ripping on uh europe and in, in general and also specifically the uk and part of it for like actually for bitching about americans like the mm. shit that the purpose of it was like they talk about, you know, they think we're all fucking loud, stupid, racist, you know, Jesus freaks with guns mm -hmm. or whatever, sure. right? Checks out. <laughs> and then, I, yeah, right. And I, and I would say that, and I'd be, and yeah, I mean, we are, right, <laughs> but, but, like, <laughs> yes, you and. guys, but you guys, but they have those same, you know, problems and people too, right? And then exactly. when I got, when I got to, the, I go through every one of them loud, you know, Italians can get loud fucking put cream and carbonara or whatever and see what they do you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and then at the dumb part they think we're dumb uh europeans get dumb too and then i do this whole thing about england how fucking rock chewing stupid some of them are like the soccer hooligans like yeah, drunk yeah. on the street yes. and they, they sound like they broke out of a pirate jail you know just fucking <laughs> so dumb and then, like the Jesus part, I was like, you know, we're not, we're not the ones with all them paintings of angels with their dicks out, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 so anyway, 
And then racism, I was like, they're the goddamn colonials. They literally invented fucking all right. that. They invented you know? colonialism, yeah, right. literally. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that was, I had that bit at the time. That bit is actually uh, on, and I just kind of did a speed run butchered version of it, but that bit is on my special damn boy, which is available on YouTube. But at the time, I was doing that bit. And so uh, I did that. They loved that. I, and I riffed a bunch of shit about how, like, and I don't remember any of the jokes for it, but like, I had put it together. I was like, it was something like I got up there and I was like, so we just got here and I, I heard, is this true? I heard that y'all keep your dumbasses in the north and your smart, <laughs> fancy people in the south. That's opposite of how we, yeah, I like ripped the whole thing about that and that shit fucking killed. They loved yeah. that. And then, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did that and, and some of that. I don't even remember what else, but like, uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't get into that. I probably touched on American politics, but not like that hardcore. It was mo more like, uh, you know, trying to slam them or, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But whatever, well, whatever the case, it went well. It went good. Yeah. But I didn't get into any. Yeah, I didn't give them any Iraq war material or nothing like that. <laughs> well, you didn't sure. do a Dixie Chicks over there or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was there a very different time. It was like pre-Obama, basically. Yeah. And, you know, but I, that's what they love. They want you to know something, right? That's what yeah, I found. Right, it's right. just they want you to to have that educational, cultural takes really so was, that's what was well, nice it was it was like you know john oliver here is an, an anomaly because he's british and it's yeah. like when you're over there you're an anomaly because you're american I, well that's one thing i had noticed about because i am an anglophile and, and a comedy nerd and me and Corey talked about it on our, our podcast putting on airs i brought it up and how i had noticed that like like you said they want you to know stuff uh, be cultured and educated and shit i've noticed that like in england they have comedians, they have a bunch of comedians who like are smart, like their thing is being smart. Like over there, there's almost an expectation that comedians would be smart and erudite and whatnot. Like it's a style of com comedy. And I feel like here, we don't really do that. I feel like, you no. do, <laughs> like we have comedians who are brilliant, but they almost all of them, you know, ha act like. You know, I, you know, like Bill Burr, Bill Burr's fucking genius, but he right. also is like, I'm an idiot. No one should listen to me. Like he says right. that type of thing all the time. You know, like Dave Chappelle, same thing, brilliant guy, but like not in a Ivy League kind of way. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Like right. we don't really do that here because here smart is like pretentious and yes. oh, I, think, I think they're better than everybody else or whatnot. But over there, they, they, they got tons of comics whose whole thing is like, being smart and posh and stuff and like i just uh i love it you know yeah like uh ah shit what is that guy's name to me uh eddie izzard immediately comes to oh, mind eddie, oh, izzard. I love yeah. eddie, izzard. Yeah. eddie that, izzard was one of my dress to kill is one of my favorite kind of specials i think dress to kill i think to this day dress to kill is the special that i've listened to mo the most out of any oh, special from any comic it's in my life because I got I, I downloaded Dress to Kill off fucking uh, Kazaa. Kazaa, right. remember Kazaa? LimeWire, two thousand four. LimeWire, Kazaa, one of those two. When I was in high school, like two thousand two, yeah. somewhere around there, I downloaded Dress to Kill, the MP3 file, and I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many times I listened to it. Like I used to know every single word of it by heart. I could recite the whole special start to finish, like no problem. I bet I listened to it a hundred times. I fucking loved eddie izzard and uh 
One of my favorite bits there is the uh, that the British took over the world with the cunning use of flags. Flags, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, right. around the world, like, stick a flag in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can't, yeah. you can't you do can't that. Go, we, 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 we live here. We live here. Do yeah. you have a flag? <laughs> yeah, no exactly. flag, no country. Can't have yeah. one. Those are the rules that I've just made up. Yeah. Uh, it's like they talk about they get to they get to the new world or whatever, and he's like this beautiful expansive land. There's nobody here. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's like, it's like he's like turning around. It's like, what's all this, please? Like put some bloody clothes on. You know. So that they're amazing, and to me, and what you were talking about is exactly what I think. When I think British comedy, I always think Eddie Izzard. When yeah. people think American comedy, they think you know Larry the Cable Guy. So yeah, I, I get right, kind of right. what you're saying. I really get what you're saying. Well, and I'll just add, I'll just add that when I was over there, I was impressed with how much they loved the uh, American comedian Bill Hicks, who was yes. very political right. and very yep, yep, yep. Uh, big he was thinking. Huge. Yeah, he, he was, was like, huge over there, right? Oh my gosh! But see, I like went, even Bill Hicks, like I feel like, and I'm not saying I, that I pull it off, but like part of what I like. I try to go the other way and be kind of like smart on stage, but but part of my whole thing is that like I sound stupid. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, like my right, like, yeah, my, yeah. like <laughs> the part the, the the other element is still there, but it's like I, I do all these I've worked a lot with this internet media company called Attention, ATTN. I've done all kinds of shit with them. Right. And I, I've got to be good friends with one of the, the VPs over there. And I remember he told me once, and again, I love this guy. And I and you know, this like he meant this as a compliment or whatever, but he told me once, he's like, we love, the reason we love working with you is because you are pretension proof. That's what he said. He was like, <laughs> he was like, he's like, you know, cause a lot of times we, we run the risk with our videos and our content of coming off. It's preachy and that type of thing. He's like, he's, like, he's, like, but, he's like, but with you, we let literally can happen. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like, like I'm incapable of being pretentious because of just how dumb I sound or whatever. So uh, so yeah, that's kind of my whole thing. But like, I'll, one of my favorite lines, like I think about this all the time, and it wasn't from. I feel like this sort of um, sums up what I'm saying about the, the that type of British comedian that they have. I was watching one of those British. Uh, that's another thing I wish we would do more of is they have they had all these panel shows over there. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like they, QI where it's and... nothing. They got tons of them where it's yeah. nothing but comedians playing games against each other and stuff like that. And like we had at midnight for a while, which I guess they're bringing back, but like, I don't get why we don't, we should have a million of those. Like yeah. we have so, we have so many great comics, like late night programming should just be nothing but that. Cause in Britain, they love them. They're huge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was, I'll watch those on YouTube sometimes. And I saw this, this episode once that had that guy, David Mitchell on it, who he's one of yes. these like, Posh, erudite British comics. The, and, the Mitchell, uh, that Mitchell, Mitchell and Webb Matt Mitchell and what? Yeah, right, exactly. He was on one of these panel shows, and uh, he was it, part of what he was supposed to do was tell some anecdote or something. And then one of the other comics said, and they're supposed to guess if he's lying or not or something. So he's like telling this anecdote. One of the other comedians jokingly, they're like, oh my God, get to the point, right? <laughs> and then David Mitchell goes, he goes, <laughs> he, get, he like looks at him for a second and he goes, get to the point is not an admonishment one can appropriately make in the middle of a parlor <laughs> game. There is no point. 
This is an inherently pointless affair. Right. We are whiling away our finite time before the grave, right? And like, and that just killed. I think about that all the time because, like, we you just don't get that from comedians in America generally, like that type. Right. Of thing. You know what I mean? Like that was just like a right. off the cuff just thing that I thought was so funny, but it's just so like verbose and articulate and funny at the same time and like we just don't go in for that sort of thing we're more it's like, very you know. meta too it's like yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's like seeing it for what it really is overall yeah, right. which is yeah. which is different than when you talk about american comedy it's very in it it's very yeah i'm yeah. from america rather than this is what i'm doing i see yeah. what you're saying yeah, well, and you know, thousands of years of war will do that to you. <laughs> get the bigger picture. But I do like that you pointed out, too, because it's like, I remember just thinking British comedy was like, you know, Monty Python, Faulty Towers, Mr. Bean. But then it's like Mitchell and Webb look, Peep Show, The Two yeah. Ronnies. I mean, there's so much brilliant British comedy. Blackadder was like a precursor. Yeah, it, it's, it is Mr. Bean, but it's Blackadder and it's just all historical comedy. So it's just, yeah, they they really do like incredible stuff and it's nice when it translates over here to america and kind of trickles in bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 investments like acquiring america's largest biogas producer archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the gulf of mexico it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That being said, I did want to touch on your your uh, very inappropriate stances on football, sir. I do have to correct you on a few things here with Liverpool. I'm going okay. to sound a little pretentious myself, I guess. What, but um, what did I say? So, so what what happened here was Liverpool. There's so many leagues and contests for for football teams in right. in Europe. So yeah. yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Liverpool lost to Real Madrid in the Champions League, which is like yeah. the club of clubs, right? It's yes. it's the top club in Europe. But they did well, see, win. That's the, what I'm saying. I, like but they that, won it, the it, Premier it, League. They won the Premier okay. League, which is the all the top 20 teams in England. And then they right. also won the FA Cup, which is right. the football association that is for all the clubs right. in England. So it's an excuse to drink. Right. They won those <laughs> two, right? Yes. But but the, the last one they played in, right, yes. was the Champions League, which is like that's the – like that's like the big that's like the European it's, Championship or whatever. Yes. Like that's the big and right. And they lost that the night before. We didn't even know they had won those other things. We got there, they're having this parade, and we're like, right, oh, what? Right. They lost. <laughs> and then we find out it's like, no, they won two other cups. I was like, how many fucking cups you that's it. like over here? Yeah. <laughs> there's one trophy, you know, right, for sports right. league. Like that's but uh, yeah. I'm I, I like I love the World Cup, right? So I, I, I like most Americans, I watch soccer during the World Cup barely understand it but like i cannot <laughs> parse i cannot parse how the premier league works with all that they don't have playoffs i, I like relegation is cool relegation is a rad thing right. like i would say i'd prefer that but i'm i pretty much like exclusively shitty teams so my team and my teams would be getting relegated <laughs> all the time uh which would be <laughs> annoying but i do like it as a concept but like they don't have playoffs and stuff they got a point system fucking i don't know uh, i just i don't follow it Love Ted Lasso, though. 
Right. That's the thing. Most people, Americans know soccer now because of Ted Lasso. Yeah. And, I, and I've definitely had like, I've dragged friends to, to soccer games in the States. And it was like, they're like, why is there more time now than there was when they started? It's like, well, the clock yeah. is counting up. You know, it's <laughs> right. like one of those yeah. things. Offsides yeah. is like always impossible to explain to people. So yeah. I hear you. But it is funny too, because the more cups you have in soccer, it's just an excuse to have more and more pints of beer. And that is another thing that is, I, I respected what you said about the, the hooligans, the hooligan culture in England and Scotland. Oh. It, it is so ridiculous. I don't know if you knew this, but they, the bars are packed in the mornings before the games yeah. because they shut down the pubs during the games because they don't want people drinking there during the games. And then with the hooligans, they drink so much of those pubs because they got to go to the stadium because they don't serve beer in the stadiums anymore because <laughs> people will get too shit face hammered and throw everything on the field. So we another thing that happened while we were over there that I hadn't mentioned yet, which was awesome. While we were in Inverness, Scotland played a World Cup qualifier against ukraine right oh, and this is like right. and and they were all dude all of them we were talking to like the day before they're like yeah yeah go to big game tomorrow and you're like and they were all very aware that the whole world wanted them to lose you know because ukraine's he's like you know they're scrappy fighting for their independence they're like america's or they're like the world's darling at that point and but they're over here like just wanting them to get destroyed because, you know, they're Scottish <laughs> and Scotland's playing them. We went to the sports bar. We went to the sports, this pub in Inverness with all these TVs and shit and watched that game. And it was wild. They were, because like, you know, they were in there yelling shit like, it's like they can have their fucking independence tomorrow, you know, like shit like that. Like, it was making it political, yeah, basically. Political. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, and, they they lost and it was never really even that good of a game. I think they lost two to one. It may have ended up three to one, but Ukraine went up two oh two nil like pretty quickly. Hmm. But then they scored uh Scotland scored in the second half to make it two to one, right? So you think, okay, maybe they'll make a game out of it. Up until this point, everybody's just watching and bitching and you know, cussing and whatnot. But they score this goal to make it two to one and fucking like all hell broke loose. Like they like they started like spiking glasses into the floor. You know, oh like you just, you just so heard like, you just heard like a chorus of like eighty glasses breaking in this pub. Oh this God. one this one dude in front of us grabbed his stool and jumped up on the table and started stabbing his stool through the like ceiling of the bar, like paneling on the ceiling, like just fucking it up with his stool and stuff. And they're just kicking like in celebration, like they're happy and doing oh, all this. Whoa. And uh, yeah, cause Scotland scored. Like that's yeah. how fired up they are. Yeah. And it's like, we were like, are they going to kick any of these people out? Or and, like, you know, and the whole, like the bartenders, yeah. people down there were just like, you know, like, you know, have Adam lads or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. Like, it's the, just the like, guy, the guy it was just stool. totally expected. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, they didn't think twice about any of it. Me and Corbin are like, what the fuck? Like, uh, you know, it was pretty intense. But then that was, uh, you know, we were, I was really hoping that we're going to like score again, make it a real game, and it was going to get wild in there. But they just scored that one goal, and then Ukraine just ended up winning after that. So, but it was still a pretty sweet atmosphere. Oh yeah. Well, and the guy with the stool is probably the bartender. That's just kind of yeah, right. how, yeah. that's how it is there. Well, that's a perfect segue into my last question. And Fernando, obviously um, uh, chime in with anything else you got and then Trey will let you go. Cause we got a show in a couple of hours. Um, yep. 
But it does seem, because I loved what you said there about when you got to Scotland. First of all, the Irvine name is Scottish. So my, my ancestors were, were from the, the Scottish Highlands. And I love what you said about how the hills there reminded you of the Appalachian Hills. Cause they're, A, what you're just talking about in this bar seems like Scottish. The Scottish people are almost like the rednecks of they are. The, 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 the grand, uh, the Great Britain and, co- uh, well, area. They, to cut in real quick, they, when we were in England, cause we were in England first the British people kept telling us they would say some version of, we'd tell them we were going to Scotland and they would say some version of like, I think you'll find a certain kinship with the Scots. You'll fit right you know? in. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And me and Corey, like also a huge chip on our shoulders where we were like, why, what, because they're dumbasses too? Why, because they fuck sheep? Because they're fucking dipshits that live up in the hills? Right, Is that right, why we'll right. fucking get along with? You know, whatever. But, uh, I mean, but we did, though. We did get along with yeah. <laughs> like it. Was. But, yeah, they are. I mean, you're right. They are kind of like rednecky or fucking. They got, they got a very lyrical, musical, like sort of, uh, you know, way of speaking and fucking they get hammered and they're crass and hilarious and all that shit. But anyway, I, yeah, I love the Scots. But anyway, go ahead. I, oh, I, well, uh, I mean, yeah, you touched on it. You touched on that there too. Is like, um, scotch was invented in these highlands, the distilleries yes. and everything. Yeah. And then it made me think of all the, the whiskey that was made in Appalachia, right? The whiskey rebellion and, and how Kentucky and Tennessee kind of became these bastions for whiskey making in America. So you're absolutely right. There's so many uh, parallels between the Scottish and the redneck culture, not just from geography, but to what they drink. No, it, it actually goes even further than that. So one thing I didn't know that I found out when I was over there is the two, those mountain, the Scottish Highlands and the Appalachian Mountains, they used to, they actually originated as part of the same geological structure, like before, you know, like when Pangea, the continents the were together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. the continents were together before they all, you know, moved out and did their own thing, all the continents, mm-hmm. when they all lived under the same roof, uh, they, they were, that was all part of the same thing. So the high, so geologically speaking or whatever, the highlands and the Appalachian mountains are like, you know, it makes sense that they look the same because they kind of they have the same origin. They or are the same. They were made at the same but, time. Yeah. yeah, right. But uh wow. Speaking of origins, though, and I didn't know that till I got over there, but I did know this. Like rednecks, hillbillies, and shit. Like they largely originated from Scottish people, like most, like Scots Irish in particular. People that came, the Ulster Scots, the Scots Irish that came from Scotland to Ireland. And then over to America eventually and, and settled in the Appalachian Mountains because it was like the Scottish Highlands to them. And then that's like, wow. and all that fucking, all the, all that hillbilly culture stuff from moonshine, the whiskey making and all that type of thing. It's like, it all comes from uh, Scottish people originally. Even the fucking, actually, uh, Confederate flag, that it's based on the Scottish flag. The Scottish flag is the is just the blue X or whatever. The Confederate flag. That's where they got. So you know. Oh wow. Apologize to, Sc- <laughs> apologize to Scotland for that but, <laughs> for doing uh, that to your flag. Yeah, for but, doing that yeah. to your flag. Yeah, not really, not cool. But I'm saying, like, uh, there's a you know, there's a lot there. There's a, a big connection uh, between Scotland and you know the Appalachia slash the South slash Rednecks, however you want to put it. And we cover most of that in the book too. So. That's perfect. Well, Fernando, do you have any uh, last questions for Che? Well, I, it's not a question, but I guess I do want to kind of reiterate what you were talking about. So I guess whether you were around here or over yonder to plug your book again, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like you you were finding the same kind of people. The people you find in your South are the same kind of people you yeah. find in my South is the same kind of people you found in that South. Would you say that's true yeah. in the division that basically that we see in our country and that we see between other countries? It's kind of like manufactured, right? Yeah, you, I mean, 
honestly, you, I should, we should bring you with us and you could help us sell the book, even though you haven't even read, because like <laughs> that was part of the, because that's part of, that's part of the idea of it. Like for us, it's like, there's definitely a huge theme in the book is like how much we all have in common. And, you know, we all think each of these different parts of the country are so different, but really we're all mostly the same type of thing. And part of the reason we're talking about all that is because, you know, the country's super divided right now. So we wanted to do something that's about like, again, common ground or commonalities and it's like lighthearted and comedic more whereas you know the first book we wrote was very like it was the liberal redneck manifesto it was super political it got super manifesto. dark i mean yeah right yeah right and so it was like it was heavy it was 2016 it's like we're trying to fucking save our homeland with our right. you know brilliant prose or whatever the fuck we were doing but like yeah you know, that book turned out okay but like and th this one like i said it's uh yeah it's more lighthearted and funny and is tries to be most positive celebrate the things we have in common as people uh in an era of such division so yeah thank you for teeing me up for that but yeah that was definitely <laughs> a big part of it for us that's great well perfect trey thank you so much for everything you do uh round here and over yonder a front porch travel guide by two progressive hillbillies yes that's a thing by trey crowder and our other friend with the well-read comedy boys Corey ryan forrester also check out his special damn boy on youtube and of course everything uh, you do on social media thank you for all your your level-headed rants uh we didn't even get to lauren bobert my, but my dad really liked your lauren bobert rant the other i loved day, it so. i love that whiskey and, tango and, rant you did Yes. Yeah. Wow. Fernando Thank loved you. it too. <laughs> so uh, check out everything Trey does. TreyCrowder.com. See him live. We have shows in Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, here in Ohio uh, for the rest of the weekend. So we hope to see you out there. Trey, thanks so much as always for joining us. Thanks for having me, buddy. I'll see you very soon. See you, Fernando. Take care, Trey. And there you have it, everybody. That, that was, was our conversation with Trey. Good. Crowder, holy moly. I learned that's the thing about talking to Trey. Like he said, you, you start talking, you're like, boy, this guy's gonna be a dumb dumb from the south. And then he's so <laughs> smart. I always learn so much just not just hanging out with him and, and doing comedy with him, but just talking to him. The fact that he can travel around and learn so much. I mean, I didn't realize obviously that the Scottish were so similar to the southerners in our country here. Well, I kind of thought it, you know, I'm, I, 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 now I realize I missed the opportunity to do like a Cockney accent, you know, like a little bit of butter and, you know, like, see, if does that relate <laughs> to the people of the South there? But what I like about people like Trey is that when they go to other places, they really they've set the bar high for what Americans are, you know, how classy we are. And especially how he talks about a lot during the interview, he talks about how with his accent and with his, you know, his manner of speaking with his dialect, people would assume that he's you know basically larry the cable guy but he's not he's a he's a he's our own eddie izzard basically yes oh my gosh yeah and, and very much in the bill hicks vein as well so it's always an honor to be joined by trey crowder and we will be joined by more and more great guests here in the next few weeks um so stick around everybody we'll keep keep you updated on all the things that are happening not just around here but also over yonder thanks so much for joining us everybody hail yourselves we'll talk to you soon This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.